Zombies are a nightmare of the past. The Lycan Wars are over. Mike feels he can finally settle down after 200 years of war until he hears an impossible message from beyond. Tommy, his adopted son, is in trouble, and there is nothing in heaven or hell that will stop Mike from helping him. And Demon Fallout, this is the Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast. All right, we ready to start? Yep. All right. So, all right. Good evening, everyone. Afternoon, morning, whatever friggin' time of day it is that you're doing this. We are uh, we, we got our all-star podcasters show here today. All right. Amazon influencer Amber is here in back. Amber, what is your Amazon channel? Oh my gosh, I feel so Damn! <laughs> <laughs> Can I send you a link for you to put it down there? But... Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> okay. You're off I don't to... know what I'm coughing my head. We are off What's to a great Amazon start. <laughs> smooth start. Smooth uh, start. It's just, it's just, it's just Mel- Melody Leon and Amber Smith. So if you search uh, that out. All right. I don't know if there was any like clever name to it or anything like that. So No, we, we haven't come up with that yet. We tried. It's, it's, I'm not that. I'm not that clever. We had an all white dog and named him Blanco. Like we're not that, we're not that clever. <laughs> oh, dude, that that is the name of an episode right there. An all do- all white dog named Blanco. That's great. <laughs> uh, and joining us from the B Raw podcast is how do you say your last name, Walt? I never even asked you. Blau, Blau, Mister Walt Blau. Man, thanks for having me, bud. Hey, no problem. Amber, so- nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Walt. So I, you messaged me like a couple of days ago, Walt, and I apologize for not getting back to you. I'm never on Instagram, mm-hmm. so best way to get in touch with everything like that is uh, is you, is the old the 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 old school '90s, you know, email. Well, dude, I was uh, I have it sitting right here on my desk. I have a letter written out to you. I was going to mail it if I didn't hear from you soon. <laughs> Perfect. That might even be, be the best way to do it. So you never know. Done by carrier pigeon. Yeah, that's it. So. Be handed to the UPS. I uh, hand it to the Amazon guy. Be like, hey man, when you see Jeff up in Boston, drop this off to him, will you? Yeah, hand it to him. So there you go. <laughs> so we are almost at the halfway point of our Lichen Fallout series, and in the middle of the Lichen Fallout series. Mark took a left turn and decided to throw everybody for a loop and said, I'm going to do a book called Demon Fallout. Now, some people try to read Demon Fallout as a standalone book, thinking it's a standalone book, not realizing it's book 4.5 of the Lycan series, similar to the uh, Q-Man episode of Zombie Fallout, where it's kind of 3.5 or 4.5. It takes place in between books four and five well the, the last uh-huh. book what was the last book in the demon fallout series demon wars but this starts off how you find out why we have the demon wars and what the demon wars is all about and mike literally took everybody's advice and went to hell so to speak went to the underworld <laughs> in this one uh, if you remember the end of the last book mike hears tommy cry out help me mr t help me you're my only hope. Uh, so Mike approaches Azil and says, listen, this is what I got to do. Tommy's family, I got to go down into the underworld. First question I have for you guys, would you literally go down to hell or not hell, but 
one of the many levels of hell. It's called the underworld, as they have it in there. Teseva is he's not really I wanna and there's nothing against adopted kids or anything like that. This is not yeah. adopted bashing. But Tommy's not a blood relative, but he's been through thick and thin with Mike. And this book, it's not really in the when when does this book take place in the chronological world? This is in between, I think it's like book nine, ten, that uh this one happens in the, the zombie fallout series. Cause Mark doesn't do anything in order. He'll do like three or four books in this series and then he'll start another one and then he'll continue this one. But this book will have something tied into that one. So it's, you're kind of skipping all over the place. Uh Would you go down to the underworld to help someone? Uh I know I'm kind of hitting you off the bat with a tough question there. Oh gosh. He's he's not in hell. So it's not like it's, it's a hot time down there or anything like that <laughs> i mean i think if i had his advantages um being part vampire um maybe you mm-hmm. know if i had a witch wife that was powerful enough to do all that if i had his like he kind of goes down into an arsenal you know what i mean no plan but he has like you know a little bit of help um and he has sebastian so i think if i had like a little bit of help very strong possibility um i'm notoriously um a scaredy cat so i'm not sure if um just regular degular me would uh grab a bag and head down so mm-hmm. and sebastian is the the, the house cat yeah. which is part demon which is kind of like a dragon so to speak down there or in its true form sebastian's kind of a yeah. what everybody thinks cats are anyway which are just <laughs> evil hell spawn yeah. I'm, not, yeah. I'm not a cat guy i don't know if you guys you, you two are cat guys but i'm not well with uh i just thought the connection with sebastian not having a soul you know Cat mm-hmm. don't have a soul. But going with your question, and I thought, you know, for my son and Amber, like you said, I, I thought the same as as well. If I had that kind of power and just knowing the character, Michael, all the shit that he gets into and how he gets out of things and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh for my son, absolutely. I mean, that wouldn't even be a I'd do it a thousand times probably, but the adopted thing in the the connection between those two, I don't know, man. I don't. I, I probably not. Yeah, probably not be honest with you. I I agree. I, I'm not sure, but <laughs> Mike being Mike, he we knew he was gonna do he, it. He saved to know how many times. Oh, of course, he's gonna go good down point. to point. help save Tommy. I mean, Tommy's been there for him. Tommy's helped Mike out of so many jams that he just, you know, told the zeal, "I, I got to do it." In she knows she wasn't going to stop him, no matter what she knew what was going to happen when he went down there, what the consequences would be and what could happen. She said she couldn't stop him, but she could because he ain't getting down there without her help. You know, mm-hmm. so he needs uh, Gabriel's help to get back. So Matthew, Gabriel and Lana all show up at the house. Like, they're going to have a barbecue. We brought the kid over. Let's check out your kids. Let's have some fun. And Mike technically has to die in this world for his being or whatever to go down into hell. And he gets down there, and he's down there with the cat. Uh, it's, it's not Sebastian. What's the cat's name? I thought it was Sebastian. Is Sebastian yeah. the cat? Gabriel. Yeah. Okay, I'm thinking yeah. Sebastian and Gabriel. I'm going to get things yeah. confused. Gabriel's the werewolf, right? 
No, no Matthews, they, Matthews the gate. Matthews. Gabriel's the kid. Gabriel's the gatekeeper kid that you know we'll probably find out a hell of a lot oh. more of, of what his his deal is in the later That's books. Right. That's right. Um, but he goes down there and he's there with Sebastian, and Sebastian's telling him, "Listen, I don't like your ass. I kill you right now." And just say, "He he fell I into tried. a hole or something got him." You know, sorry, not sorry. You're a jerk, and it's like right out of the bat he conf- he's so ingrained in things that just want to kill him that don't like him and this i think is the ultimate test of mike's strength his will and his being i mean he comes mm-hmm. across first off the, the, hell has many levels and they have the gatekeepers of hell and that's all sebastian and all of his little friends they're all the gatekeepers cats are the gatekeepers to hell which sounds pretty much accurate um yeah and he's down there and he sees a 500 foot tall demon with dozens of tentacles it's got hundreds upon thousands of barbs on it and legs it's called blood grum and mike being mike gets into a fight with it and (laughs) kills it sebastian tells mike that was really bad because blood grum served a purpose blood grum was kept everything else away and related it to spiders. Bloodgrum is like a spider. Spider kills millions of bugs and insects every year. Spiders have uh, their place in the ecosystem. I still haven't figured out what the point of mosquitoes are, but for some reason they do serve a purpose, probably to feed the bats. The bats feed something else and, you know, guano and whatever kind of shit, you know, that all is. But no pun intended. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Bloodgrum kept the other things in check and eight other things so they're not being overwhelmed and mike kills blood grim he's like well it was either him or me and azil comes over the, the 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 psychic hotline if mike really concentrates and thinks he can connect to azil and says you killed blood grim you've been down there 10 minutes and you have already turned hell and the underworld on its frigging head you know that's mike so uh I mean, we're only on, you know, technically page seven of this. <laughs> he's, he's already <laughs> starting shit. You know, if anybody can start shit in hell, that's Mike. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. in a place with literal demons, he's causing a ruckus already. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, f- first impression just out of the bat with that was mine was, yeah, that sounds about right. I was going to say that's when I, you know, <clears throat> I listened to it because mm-hmm. I'm driving. And I'm like, yeah, this is par for the course. And <laughs> Azil's like, man, you're already turning shit upside down over there. And I'm like, okay, hand, All right? Yeah. What did well, you expect? You, you, yeah, you married me. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what's going on. Yep. So, um, Mike in his travels comes across Linux, and I'm sorry that Nate is not here because Nate loved loves Linux, uh, but Nate's at work and he couldn't be a part of this show. I remember Nate mentioning Linux. In the very first episode, when we were talking about just kind of scattered throughout the thing, and he loved Linux. And Linux is this little, I don't know, probably about this big, maybe about the size of this microphone. It, it's really, really ugly, according to Mike. And Linux is kind of the comic relief of this story because she thinks Mike, or she calls him Talboat, is the ugliest creature she has ever seen in her life. How something can be allowed to live that is just so ugly and repulsive. And she just nothing but berate Mike the entire thing. And it's great. 
but Linux is a Bria line and Bria lines are truth. Briatine. Briatine are truth seers. They can see if people are telling the truth, which comes in handy as we will find out later in the story. Uh-huh. Uh, there's so much going on here. There are so many different, I mean, how he came up with all of this, all the different types of demons. Uh, it, it's not like there's a, a, a demon book of all the demons that you have to have. It's, it's all made up. And a lot of the shit is just absolutely bonkers. What he comes up with out of his head I think the most bizarre demon that he had in this story were the 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 shimmery things that ended up coming up into up in book six or book five. I forget the name of them. I, I have them right here. It's uh, not the same one that came up and eat eat uh, ate blood grum, right? No. Yes, the uh, they the thi- the thymes. Yeah, thymes. There we go. Yeah. No, the thymes are the little things that absorb your parasites. See, this is what happens because I fucked with my format and <laughs> it all screwed up. So maybe they're the 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 Fletchers or well, I don't know something like that. But it's just it's I'm babbling. It's, it's it really is like um some some author genius because literally like you literally have to create a world. And I've watched a lot. I love scary movies, and mm-hmm. I have never heard of hell described in oh. any type of format. <laughs> like maybe I think the only thing that's familiar to me is like levels. Like there's levels to hell. That's like the only thing that's like common. Everything else came out of Mark's freaking head, and mm-hmm. he's like, "I'm going to create this." And I think what's also like again the concept of Mike is in the book. He literally has no plans. And hell is, it's literally another world that he just plopped down into to find one person to help that one person. Doesn't know how they need help. Doesn't know why they need help. Doesn't know what kind of help they need. But it's like, I have to, now I have to find my son, help him out. And it's like, he finds the one person who has, um, the one creature who has extensively studied all different levels of hell and understand all different levels of hell, Linux and that and Linux decides to uh, travel along with him throughout the entire time. Like it, honestly, if it wasn't for Linux, Mike would have been dead. Uh, he would have been truck. He would have been stuck in a hole in that uh, dendrum hole. You know what I mean? He would have never. Oh yeah. Hands down. Stop. He wouldn't, he wouldn't have. And like Linux said, everything in Mike's life has been because of luck, but even with luck, luck is kind of predetermined mm-hmm. that everything that he's done, it's, kind of mind-blowing when, when you think about it that how she describes it it's like you know yeah he's lucky he found he's lucky he found Linux. lucky that the cat didn't kill him lucky that he killed Bloodgrum, but lucky that you know everything else didn't happen lucky that he met bt in the first story which you're gonna find out is kind of meant to happen uh i think the biggest part of this book that blew my mind is the whole tommy Mm. twist of it and if you watch this if you listen to the show or you watch the show you know that it's full of spoilers so three two one uh tommy's a dick ladies and gentlemen now Um, hey i've been thinking i've been yeah i think i've been thinking of that since almost day one to be honest with you yep there's like little things that happen even in the zombie ones i don't know i I, that didn't surprise me for some reason you picked up on that Mm mm-hmm because him and his sister. Right. He, you know, we knew that with sisters right. and uh, Eliza. 
the the evil, you know, hell witch or I knew hell vampire or whatever, but I had a feeling that he was going to betray or take a twist like this against the Talbots for his sister. What made you think that? Just the way it read and little uh sentences here and there and remarks here and there about mm -hmm. family and like he Mark, mike would say something about family and the zombie fallout and tommy would make like a little remark right after and i'm like man see eliza's gonna come back somehow and and back into the story she's too big of a character not to to be just like gone okay let's keep moving on yeah i was kind of surprised when eliza was gone after book four was it book four <laughs> in zombie fallout that she tracy killed her and if you haven't gotten that far, then really you shouldn't even be watching the show because yeah, you should, it was pretty four or five because it was really early. Yeah, it, it was really it was really early when it happened because you turned into a vamp pretty early. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I think that um, when it came to I think it was just a very. To an extent, like maybe in the beginning. Like maybe the first hundred years of Tommy's life, it's like, okay, I'm gonna chase after my sister. I I need my family love or whatever. But then it's like, bro, you're like, you're mad old. Like, calm down. Like you're 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 in a very toxic relationship right now with somebody who does not care about you at all. Mm -hmm. And you like it's like constantly trying to like change somebody who is extremely set in their ways. So for me, I always like I think the Tommy and Eliza relationship always just uh it just sat so wrong. <laughs> I'm like, yo, bro. Like, I like, I get it, but like, damn. Like, calm down. Calm yeah, down. but what's that? Uh, oh man, what's the scenario when you fall in love with your captor? Like, you get kidnapped and you fall in love Stockholm with your syndrome. Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Basically, like, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Oh, woo. Wow. Oh, well, man, we might have to have a conversation about that one. Oh, we might have to about All chicks want a beast in their life. <laughs> oh, Oh shit, man! We gotta go down a different road on that later. <laughs> um, but uh, it, yeah, it just it it didn't sit with me. And then when this happened, I was like, "Son of a bitch!" I knew it. But then, mm -hmm. obviously, you know, we go keep going down that road. But Amber, I want to go back to what you said. I agree with you. I've been a horror movie fan forever, like from B rated to, you know, sure. oh yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> and, uh, I'm not a Chucky fan. I'm sorry. Yeah. But 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 the thing is though, I really enjoy. I mean, what comes out of this dude's mind describing stuff is incredible, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But when they take a tangent from okay, gonna run into this demon, X demon, whatever it is, because they do it all the time, and then they take 10, 15 minutes to describe what happens if this demon kills you like what happens to your soul and it's like it goes into deep detail of if this demon eats you you're going to do this and you're going to go through its bowels and it's going to take five thousand years for you to you know do this and it's going to be yeah. painful i'm yeah. like who, what the where do you come up with this stuff but to me i like those and it gives you so much detail that's why I like it gives you so much detail like even if like that's why i really love mark's mark's writing because even if you didn't read zombie fallout you could read like and fallout and understand say 
the relationship between BT and Mike, the relationship between like um Azil and Mike. You know what I mean? Like you can mm-hmm. because of the sentences and the information that he puts in there. You know what I mean? Like it makes you think like like if there's a demon down there that is constantly like what was that demon that would um that fed off a of fear? And um, they just killed the but they terrified the people and then killed them and then like basically fed off their fear. Mike's like, there's a caveman, there's a Neanderthal in there. Like, mm-hmm. what could that Neanderthal have done? And I'm like, what could he have done? Like, yeah, me too. You know, like, yeah makes you think the biggest really fear kills him and then they regenerate and come back mm-hmm. to it because every deem every every soul down there has their own demon like captor, kind of the the Florence Nightingale syndrome, the Stockholm syndrome, where they all have someone in like i think the best part was the durgan when durgan is in the sex orgy conga line uh just constantly just you know two minutes of pleasure and then five hours of just raw fucking uh you know without (laughs) lubrication and he's just miserable and then they all just kind of fall apart and then they regenerate and they have to continually do it over and over and now, over again. Now a part of that a part of that scenario that got me was the size of the pitcher and the catcher didn't matter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're yeah. like, and then, oh. Linux, then Linux terrified. She's like, could you yeah. imagine what happened to me if I go in there? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, I get it. Yeah, Linux Lin- um, Lin- would not fare well in that poor little uh-huh. Linux. That's a I'm great glad char- that's an amazing character. I haven't read six yet. I'm hoping she's still in it because I don't remember Demon Demon Fall Demon Wars, what happens in it. So I know I've spoiled everything for everybody, but it's my show, so don't spoil it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she keeps I- saying in Demon Fallout that, you know, I only have one this is my home now. You know, I don't have a a body to go back to and all that, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Mike has his body up on Earth. Right. He can right. go back to it. Linux doesn't have one. Same thing with when we meet Calendar again. That Calendar doesn't have one, but he's putting. You know, you'll find out in the, the next book because I went ahead uh, that he's trying to put together something for Calendar and Linux to come up to Earth, which will be super awesome if they could do that because mm-hmm. I love Calendar. Yeah. If you yeah. haven't read Shrouded World, you kind of need to know what who Calendar is in the grand scheme of things, but not fully just know that he's a demon that get, might be friends, you know? Again, I thought it was really interesting because I haven't fully, I, I think I stopped at like book four or five of Shrouded World. God, it's so hard for me to get through those books. But um, for uh, when Calendar popped up in um, a Shrouded World, I was like excited. I'm like, okay, now I get to know a little bit more about him. But again, yeah. in this book, you don't need to know the past relationship between Calendar and Mike. You just no. know that they're cool. You just know mm-hmm. that they're cool and he's friends with a demon and you're like, when the hell did you become friends with a demon, bro? <laughs> like, there's no backstory, but I'm loving this relationship. Continue. You know, it's just, it's great. Yeah, I was lucky that I read Shrouded World before I read the Demon Fallout series because when I got to Demon Fallout, when I got to the Demon book and I saw her Calendar, I was like, yeah, Calendar is back. That's awesome, you know? I was, I was but, wicked but, excited. But, but just to make it even more funny, so uh, Linux still thinks Mike is disgusting looking, but yeah. thinks that Calendar, who's a 15-foot-tall demon, looks like a Greek god. So yeah. <laughs> and that Azeel is beautiful. It's beautiful, too. Everybody's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. But Everybody's Mike, beautiful. Mike is just, 
But, but my, you know, Talboat, that she calls it. Talboat. I think it's awesome. Um, so we come across, we find out that Eliza has her own demon, has her own, mm-hmm. you know, demon handler, Jazz Mixer, which I would love to find out how he got that name. Uh, but Azeel, he's torturing a lot, not Azeel, Eliza. Eliza is Azeel backwards. I spell it wrong on my thing all the time. Uh, torturing Eliza to re- relive her worst day, similar to the, the sex orgy conga line with Durgan. She's making her relive the times with her father, when her father would beat him, when her father would molest her, her father would rape her, her father would beat Tommy, when they would go through all that. And Eliza is starting to come around, realizing that she's stronger than she actually is. And Eliza ends up breaking that bond and taking Jazz Mixer captive and turning Jazz Mixer into her, you know, the 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 master slave sort of relationship. Eliza now becomes the master, and Jazz Mixer is now her her slave. And she's like, "No, you're gonna be my bitch. I'm gonna bite you. You're gonna do what I say." She turns him into a vampire for a little bit because she doesn't kill him, but she drains him before she ends up killing him and then realizing, you know, it's it's like the whole out of the ground thing. You know, I'm free. Yay. And she's mm-hmm. just going to go hog wild. And she she's trying to figure out how long she doesn't have any idea how long she's been down there for, what year it is, what's going on. She just knows that she's got her not her old self back, but she's now Eliza as we know it again. Not the scared little 18-year-old girl that got bit by, you know, Mike's great, 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 grandfather, Victor Talbot. So now how did did I miss something? How did she become so powerful? Because the way they describe he describes her i mean i've dated women like that so i totally understand what mike's going through but yeah right and uh but how did she become so powerful did i miss that you mean oh period or just in his book period in general how did eliza yeah yeah, i guess become eliza well, I know how she became Eliza, and she, you know, six hundred five, six hundred years old, became the the evil vampire that she is. is what you're right. asking? Right, and then I, she ends up down here, and then she's this powerful to turn it around, and like. So my my understanding from that is that you got to think about it. Um, Tommy didn't really feed on blood all like that. Like when he was feeding on, um, he when he was still half vamp, he only fed on humans when he was like needed that extra strength right like so right. He, he wasn't like uh like doing it all the time like that you know what i mean he still wasn't full vampire but you got to think about it eliza when she got turned she was turned at a young age and had nothing but cruelty um mm-hmm. imposed on her and then with all of that cruelty that was in her body now she's damn near invincible and now she can wreak havoc on any and everybody for whatever she wants so i think she just continuously had that um mentality and like they said like when you have certain abilities you end up uh they end up being amplified when you turn into a full when you turn into a full vamp mm-hmm. so my perspective is she had such an abusive upbringing that that trauma just made her so evil that right. like that evil that power nobody can overpower me energy was probably amplified just like tommy's um foresight was amplified so right. much when he turned when he got turned too so, so I think that's kind of like how she became so powerful originally before she came down into hell. So it's kind of like the the theory that 
money doesn't change you it exposes you so this power exposed who she really is yeah it, yeah because she then, lost her soul amp- she lost her soul when she became a vampire and she never right. cared about it yeah right yeah but then she was basically a bitch to start and then when she turned she became that much a bigger bitch bigger yeah. bitch okay yeah. 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 Oh, okay because i was yeah. never real I, clear how because you know it just it, it always evaded me how she became like in this book you know what she did i'm like what how did she become that powerful to go down in hell and turn it around like that you know well i think even in hell like she was um like i think a part of her was kind of was a little lost when she was down in hell and then when jazz mixer kind of put her through mm. these traumatizing experiences you got to think you went 300 years yeah. never dealing with your trauma and then all of a sudden your trauma <laughs> is in your face you know what i mean and he got this whole scenario of you reliving your trauma and then i think i think for a long time they didn't say how long but for a long time he had her in complete darkness by herself so that's when she breathed got her evilness back and then when jazz mixer came back she was like yeah you're mine now bro yeah so, there's little okay. hints of who she was like no i, I used to be powerful what is going on here this isn't my life I'm, I'm not this person anymore i'm eliza i'm this i'm 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 i'm, I'm, I'm the big bad you know yeah i'm not, I'm not this little weak this. i'm not yeah i'm not this little weak person right right yeah she's not that yeah. little scared little 18 year old girl that her father's abusing you know right so um but mike ends up he can't go through the gates because he has his soul and if he tries to get through it, they'll stop him. You find out that Tommy sends uh, Bill, or as Mike calls him, <laughs> Goober, who was a sludgeonist, which is basically <laughs> just a big vat of jello. I'm thinking flubber. Absorbs Mike into his anus, into his body, breaks down his body, breaks down his like being beamed up, so to speak, in a, a very oh, graphic, that's a really nasty yeah, that's type a, of that, Star Trek. And Bill can just go right through the the the, the gates, and he mm-hmm. brings Mike mm-hmm. and Lennox into it, and then he regurgitates them out, and their body parts reform out, out of it. So similar to being beamed, where your 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 body is broken down to a thousand million billions of little particles, and then re re put together, you are brought up into Lennox's ass, uh, not Lennox. Um, uh-huh. Bill's Bill. ass broken down, shit out, and then reformed. Now, and, uh, I've no, laughed. No. I've laughed a ton in these series. All his books. They the humor is amazing, amazing. But when he's like, uh, Tommy's like, "Who are you talking about?" He's like, you know, he's like, "You mean Bill?" I was like, "Oh yeah. my god, are you fucking kidding me?" He kept He's calling him Goober because he, Goober, had, no that's what it was. he had no idea what it was. And Tommy's like, "You mean Bill?" He's like, "Seriously, Bill?" Yeah, all oh. these demons have these crazy names, and then the sludgeiness is, is just Bill. Bill. <laughs> okay, that's Bill. He's a fun character, by the way. He is. He and is. I'm, I'm sad that he met his demise. Because yeah. <laughs> once again, Tommy's a dick. Yeah, <laughs> say that again. I, I missed that. I know. Is that the same Bill that was in a Shrouded World? I'm not sure. I don't remember Shrouded World as much as I should. Okay, we'll talk about that then. Yes, we'll we'll we'll, yeah. we'll dot that T when we get to it. Um, but again, Tommy the Tommy the complete dick. And we and... find out here that 
Tommy isn't as nice as he wants. And Tommy's main thing is to get his sister back. That's what he wants. That's why he brings Mike down uh-huh. to hell because he wants to get his sister back. And for some reason, Mike has the power over a zeal and a zeal will come down to save Mike. So Tommy can break Eliza and him out of the underworld to go back up into the thing. And Tommy will think there'll be a big family reunion and live happily ever after. And you kind of felt for Mike at that point, because you've been with Tommy since day one of the, the Z since it happened, Tommy's fought next to him side by side. And it's hard to read the later books of the ZF series with Tommy in it being all friendly, knowing what you know now that happened in this book that no dude, Tommy's going to stab your ass in the back in 200 years. He's a jerk, but Tommy's not. It's, it's, it's weird with the timeline, how it is reading this book now with, you know, all the ZFs coming out that Tommy's whole motivation throughout everything. He says he's hated Mike since the day he was born because Mike was related to Victor. Victor took his sister away from him and his whole life. He's just been trying to get Eliza back. And then you find out that they're not even really brother and sister. They're kind of how Mike and Tommy are when Tommy's real mother died over a cliff and he was friends with, with Eliza's mom. And then Eliza's mom took Tommy in and then Eliza's dad killed Eliza's mom for taking in another mouth defeat. So it's like, yo, you brought in someone else to be. We're going to kill you because I'm just a dick. Um, so he ends up killing his mother on top mm-hmm. of it's like a whole, you know, holy crap. Like that part I had to re-listen to again. Like what, what, what ha- did, what just happened? Cause that was insane. The way that whole thing happened, you know, realizing that Tommy's going through all this shit for Eliza and Eliza isn't even his blood relative. It's just some girl that came into his house or he came into this girl's house when he was little and there were no good times with it. They weren't comforting each other at anything because they were both getting their asses beat by their, by Eliza's dad. who's was just an absolute jerk mm-hmm. back in whatever time it was that they were doing all of that. Yeah. But is that the bond brought, uh, formed like soldiers you know they're they're together getting their ass beat they might yeah. not like each other but you know you're in that circumstance and that's all you got the same things happened to you is the same thing happened to me so is that a bond that's formed through that probably uh, i mean because you find out uh, after when eliza gets killed that tommy goes out looking for her you know that hates their dad they hate their father and it's not you know what what, what but, happens with it but, but also, like, the big thing for me, it's, this is not like Tommy and Eliza have never, like, Tommy and Eliza joined forces, be- forces before, and Tommy hated every second of it. Like, mm-hmm. he couldn't stand it. But he was still like, oh, you're my sister. But you don't have to kill. And Eliza was just being a bitch to him the entire time. So what makes you think 200 years later she's going to be any nicer, bro? Like, I, that's, why, that's why I think it was just so annoying but he says that he's like well maybe she's found the error of her ways and maybe she's realized that she was wrong and you know maybe she's come around to the other side and mike's like no way in hell your sister is going to be nice 
at all. Yeah. Last time I checked, hell was not a rehab. Mm-hmm. Ooh. No, it's 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 mm. it's not. So uh, not, and, not. and people don't change their ways, man. No. It depends on how much Sometimes therapy. They do, well, but I don't think vampires do. And or demons are. I would say in this setting, you know, in these books, in this, set, I don't see him. I don't see, especially her, right, changing her ways, right? Yeah. yeah. Just, the the part that blew my mind, and it's the whole friends become al friends become enemies, enemies become friends. That's yeah. what ends up happening with Mike and Eliza. Mike ends up killing Tommy. They're running in it. This is the greatest thing in the world because we do this all the time. When we were kids, in. You know, my wife will still do it to me every once in a while. They're running from lava. Um, Mike and Tommy end up finding Eliza. Tommy's like, Lizzie, I love you. Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you're a sniveling little worm. But we have to run because lava is coming. And Mike kicks the back of Tommy's foot. And it hooks around the back of the foot and trips him. And he falls into mm-hmm. the lava. And it's like, whoopsie. Sorry about mm-hmm. that. And Eliza doesn't even Eliza doesn't stop. She doesn't think for a second. Oh, my brother's dead. What did you do? She's just like, oh well, Tommy's Tommy's dead. Say the only thing she did was look at Mike and like, I fucking wish you would. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, there was no remorse at all. You know, but her whole thing is she just wants to get back up to earth to wreak havoc again. And I don't even think she realizes what's going on up there. The food supply is dwindled because humans are in rare supply right anything. now. Because of the, yeah. She doesn't know that there is lichen. She doesn't know anything. Yeah, and I think I think she was also very intrigued that Mike even did that to Tommy. Like, mm-hmm. she was, thir- I think she was genuinely surprised. You know what I mean? And now she's like, okay, I obviously need you to get back up, which I'm going to do. So we're going to do it. Like, this is what's happening now. Now, you don't think she knew that Mike would come to save Tommy and that she needed him to get back up? I think I think Tommy told her that she needed Mike to get back up when they met back up at Ganlin's house. Like, they knew that they... they I think that they um, Tommy had told Eliza that they needed Mike to get back up. Like, she couldn't get back up by herself. Mm-hmm. Right, and then once... Mike was there. She's like, okay, I don't need Tommy anymore. I have Mike. Yeah, yeah come up with a plan to get us out of here. Because she was she was following him for a while. Like, come up with a plan to get us out of here. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, Tommy makes the deal with Ganlin. You find out that Ganlin's down there, the green man. Tommy green makes a man. deal with him to get Mike down there so Mike will bring a zeal in Ganlin wants a zeal. Mm-hmm. But you find out that Eliza just ends up fucking killing Ganlin. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's where Tommy ends up meeting with Mike. You know, Tommy captures Mike and is bringing him to Ganlin, and Mike is pissed. And mother effer, how could you sell me out? You no longer can call me Mister T. It's Mister Talbot to you. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when they get to the house, they find out that Eliza killed him. And Tommy's like, "What did you do? You know, we need him." Like, I don't fucking need him. Like, who, who is he? I don't care. He's a jerk. I'm Eliza. I'm Eliza. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> no, say, I can do whatever the hell I want, bitch. You know. <laughs> So um, another great part about this is when Mike comes across Tim and Tim remembers Mike and he remembers Mike because his wife shot him at the end of Tim spoilers at the end of Tim one, Tim dies again. Uh, You know, Tim is a zombie uh, zombie clown that still has his wits about him. 
that Tracy shoots him at the end of the the Timothy book. And Tim's like, hey, fucker, I remember oh. you. It's like, how do you remember him after 200 years? He remembers the guy standing next to the woman that shot him. But it just brings Tim into the story. And this was my first, wow. my first introduction to Tim. I hadn't read the Tim books before reading this one. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I think just for this podcast, I'm going to have to read the Tim books. But with you my haven't read Tim yet? No, no I, have, I haven't either. Oh, <laughs> hang on, let me shut you guys off. <laughs> I can't be friends with you no more. I was kind of of the same mindset. And Summer said the same thing. She's like, I wasn't going to read Tim, but after listening to the podcast, I went and I listened. I, I read Tim. She's like, it's not as bad. Tim isn't as bad as everybody thinks it is. Yes, he's a dick. Yes, he's a misogynist. Yes, Tim is who he is. But there's so much worse in some of these stories than Tim. Mm -hmm. Callus Rose is more of an evil bitch than Tim because Callus, you thought she was this nice, sweet, innocent girl who goes fucking Manson at the end of that story. Tim is just a dick from beginning to end. She really agreed, agreed. But for Callus, um, I'm gonna defend her because I'm here for the villain era. Like she took no shit, and I loved it for her. I Yo, yeah, exactly. I'm going like, on that. <laughs> Callus was a was a one eighty with my head went. What? I she loved it. I loved what's Callis. her face's family and everything like that. Yep. Tim, you knew he was just an asshole from beginning to end, so you expected it. Okay, if, okay. If you go into Tim expecting, you know who he is from reading this book. Tim's just an ass. Oh, you know what I mean, you're going to get with Tim. What you see is what you get with Tim in all three books. I mean, and. Five minutes of them meeting up again down in hell, you knew exactly the character Tim is. Fact. And he's also you know. a regen he can be either regenerating clown. Like so you can't necessarily kill him down there because he so apparently another tidbit for the demons down there, if you kill a demon, you can absorb their powers, apparently. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the uh benefits down there. Yeah, so Mike ends up killing Tim and mm -hmm. Linux like, quick, grab his head. You know, he can regenerate. And Mike sees little legs come out of his arms and they're popping back into their sockets and he's seeing everything. So Mike ends up grabbing just Tim's eyes. Uh, yeah. And carrying him around in a bag with him. And Tim's eyes have little legs trying to find Tim's body. And Tim is just running blind around the underworld trying to find Mike, which is just hilarious. You know, Tim is a great character. And I love the fact that Mark wrote him off of a dare. Um, if you know, go back to the Tim episode to to know exactly what we're talking about in the background of it. But he's such a frigging hilarious character because everybody knows that one jerk in their life that they just, mm. you know, is it? I mean, Tim takes it up to eleven, but you know, we all know that one guy that you just like. Hey, well, it's like yeah. it's like Durgan too. We all know one of those in your life, right? Yeah, yeah. Everybody's just got that. And I, mm -hmm. I think what happened to Durgan is fantastic. What's Beautiful. going on with him? Beautiful. You know, just repeatedly, just, you know, so to speak, just, just getting fucked over and over. <laughs> Literally. And, and over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, if Literally. anybody deserved it, it's Durgan. Mm -mm. He was a good character, though, in the other books. I, you know, he was a, it amplified what was going on. Oh, Agreed. yeah, definitely. Definitely. Agreed. 
So yeah, I I think I definitely enjoyed the uh the end part where not only did Mike I like the fact that Mike got some revenge on Tony, and I was like, man, I I re- you really start to feel for Mike at this end of the book, <laughs> and you really feel bad for him. Oh yeah, yeah, me too. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> Mike fights more demons. There's the pit of despair where Mike just gets depressed. And so there's never a chapter in this book where it's not say filler, but it's just something that, you know, it's everything in this book is he puts his foot on the gas and does not let up. You know, Uh -uh. there's demon after demon that he's fighting and, you know, levels after levels and, it's kind of crazy. And Azil ends up coming down to hell. Matthew and Lana end up taking the kids and Augie back to Denarth because Mike's been down there for three months and nobody's heard from him. Mike, in the beginning, you find out he can kind of talk to Azil as like a movie screen where if he thinks about her hard enough, he can see her and talk to her. And it's been three months and Mike's body's just laying down up, uh, up there in stasis on the couch. And Azil. Tommy ends up contacting first. Who contacts Tom uh, Azil first? I cannot remember. Is it? Uh, I think it's Ganlin first. Ganlin, yes. Yeah. Ganlin ends up contacting Azil. And then right afterwards, Tommy ends up contacting him, saying, contacts her, saying, Have you seen Mike? And Azil kind of knows, wait, he called him Mike, not Mr. T. And it's kind of a coincidence that Tommy's looking for him. Right after Ganlin says, I can't find him as well. Uh, what's going on? So Azil notes something's up. And now Azil comes down to the underworld. And she sees Sebastian at the gates. And here's what's going on. As, as Sebastian tells him, no, I haven't seen him. He hasn't been back here in three months. We don't know what's going on. So Azil ends up finding Linux. It's hilarious that she sees this little tiny creature screaming, talking about how heinous this thing was. And can't believe it but he was my friend and he's just so ugly. How could something like this be allowed to <laughs> all of this? And I, but he was my friend, but he was so ugly. How could, you know, and Azil ends up finding Linux and putting a Linux in her pocket. And Linux, when Linux found out that Mike was married to Azil, who was the red witch, she was like, what the F you're married to the red witch. She's the worst person, you know, even in hell, even though Azil hasn't died, she's still human and is alive for 200 years. She has a reputation down in hell or in the underworld that people in the creatures down there know of her. So that's kind of, you know, score for Mike for getting such a, a cool badass chick <laughs> to marry him that, you know, she even she's even known in the underworld, you know? Well, I, I like mean- to... I like the comment of, uh, hey, I, you know, I met her or she said this and Azil's like, she? It's like, what? (laughs) Come down here and you're getting jealous. (laughs) He's this big, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Did you look? Mike is the the last one to think, like, out of all the things Mike is, he's, I don't think he's a cheater at all. No, 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 no. No. Not at all. But um, I do, I, you know, I, I think. Like, Azil definitely did have a heck of a reputation. Like, everybody knew who the Red Witch was. And until she came to get Mike from Ganlin, 
I kind of doubt it how strong she really was. I'm like, I guess she, you know, might have murdered a bunch of people, but we never really got all the details about that. But man, that fight scene. I'll tell you what, that's got to be one of my favorite parts to read. I, that I was literally my favorite part to read in that book. I'm like, oh, she's powerful, powerful. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Amber, I thought the same thing too. I'm like, okay, yeah, she's got power and she's this. And like you said too, Jeff, I mean, 200 years old and she's kind of still alive, right? She's not like a true demon that's thousand yeah. years old and all that kind of thing. And then that scene, I'm like, God damn. Ugh, you don't want to piss her off. Like, I was going to say, Mike, watch out, bro. Watch your step. <laughs> she went ape shit i was like okay like if that that would be a movie scene that i would love to see yeah and uh the audio version was again i listened to it, it it's amazing sean renette mm-hmm. just kills it mm-hmm. you guys know that always but, yeah. always sean does a great job i mean yeah. he just he brings everything to life which is just which is great so absolutely even, even when i read it like every once in a while i'll on the kindle i'll read it like laying in bed mm-hmm I'm reading it in Sean's voice because 90% of the time I'm listening to him. Right. So mm-hmm. when I do physically read it, I can hear his voice, but yeah, I started reading uh ZF 20 when it came out. I got it the, 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 the week it came out before the audio version was out and I was on vacation and I'm sitting there reading it in Sean. Like, I'm like, how would Sean do it? You know, it's like, <laughs> what would Talbot do? It's like, what would, what would Sean do? How would Sean <laughs> say this line? You know, <laughs> And it's just, it's, it's great. He does a great job at it. And I, I'm just, yeah, he's kind of my, uh, my, 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 my voice narrator mentor without being, without even knowing it, you know, something <laughs> I, I, I aspire to be, to be like one day when doing narrations and things like that. Yeah. So it's great. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe one day you'll be narrating. Maybe, maybe one day we'll, we, we shall see, but it's, you find out Mike is traveling with Eliza, which is kind of crazy. And you find out that, and I'm going to try to f- say this as best I can, as clear as I can, without confusing everything. Eliza's father is a descendant of BT. And that the Talbot line that Eliza was bitten by it was sort of fortuitous that Mike and BT would meet, which blows Mike's mind that, wait, this is hundreds of years into the future. Me and this guy met by chance in a zombie apocalypse. You're saying that we were going to meet no matter what happened in the grand scheme of things, which I thought was kind of a cool twist in the story. Uh, yeah, same. Because Mike does nothing but talk about, even if you've never read Zombie Fallout and you just read this one first, Mike talks about BT enough that you know that that was his brother. You know, that was his brother like Tommy was his son. And if BT ever betrayed Mike like Tommy did, I think it'll be even more devastating to Mike than the whole Tommy thing. Because, I mean, kids can be assholes, uh, which Tommy was. You know, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it's easy to 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 say, oh, you know, the hell with you, you know, whatever, you little bastard. And I think Mike's Mike's flip of the dime when Tommy shows his true colors is great. It's heartbreaking, mm-hmm. but it's great because he's just like, oh, okay, this is how it's gonna be. F you, you're no longer can call me Mister T. This is this. I thought you were this, and blah 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 blah. And it was just, I was like, 
go. Fantastic. Was, I love that, that was part. A, that was a hold my beer moment. Yeah. That's, yep, what, that's exactly. what I thought of it. Exactly. And then the, then the part with BT, I probably lost the next 20 minutes of the audio version <laughs> because now my mind and my Rolodex and my mind went back to all of the zombie books going, wait a minute. What about this part? What about mm -hmm. this part? Oh, shit. What about this part? So, yeah. Yeah. Was kind of fun to see. I, I think again it just works in the grand scheme of like how many twists and turns and oh my gosh like you know, they always say like you know god the universe whatever works in mysterious ways it just kind of puts in perspective you just never know how shit is going to work out like ever mm -hmm. ever yep mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um as we start to wrap things up we get towards you know where i kind of towards the end of the book anyway but Eliza ends up meeting up with Lamish too, um, which is another demon kind of a soothsayer type of thing. Is it Azil or Eliza? Azil meets up. Azil meets up with Lamash too. Azil meets up with her, um, but when uh, Azil ends up meeting with her as well, talking to her, she contacts me saying, "Listen, here's what's going on. Mike is going to destroy everything." Mike is literally down here raising hell and he has the potential to throw things in such chaos that the underworld and the real world are just going to clash and meet clash of the Titans, you know, similar to, uh, I don't know if you ever saw a cabin in the woods where there has to be the sacrifices to appease the gods or shit's just going to go crazy. And Mike is down in the underworld, just raising such havoc that if he isn't reined in and stopped, it's 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 going to get crazy. And, and mm -hmm. the, the underworld and the real world are going to meet, and they're just going to go nuts. And Azil or Eliza, give you those two names confused, uh, is end up talking with Lamish too. And Lamish too is even saying, "You got to stop this dude. This is what's going to happen." Eliza, just the whole book, and it, not that it frustrated me because I expected it from her. But the whole book is just about, or her whole story arc is, I want to get back up to Earth, to the real world, and get back to my powerful self and raise hell again. And, you know, she misses her old, her old new life. Well, that, that she had want... after she got bit. She just wants to go up there and just, you know, she wants to reign supreme again. And, and even if I got to bring hell with me, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, you no know, matter what, was, like she doesn't care right. about the consequences or anything. She's just evil in itself. She just wants to just raise hell, bring hell with her to Earth, and you know, or back up to the real world or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, she she, she doesn't even know what's up there yet, and I think it's going to be great when we find out in the next story if she does end up coming up here. What what is waiting for her? What is it really like? What is the human world like now and what is in store for eliza what is going yeah. to happen to her you know a scenario that came to my mind with this part is movies and stuff hit on it all the time as well is like somebody goes to jail for 50 you know 30 years and they come out mm -hmm. and the world is just completely different so uh -huh. she's going to come, she, you know, she's going to come up and it's like, wait a minute. Last time I was here, this is what was happening. Yeah. Where'd this come from? Where'd this come from? Where'd this come from? So I agree with you, man. I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah. And you also have to think about it. Like she's lived through two 
many, 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 many decades. So she's lived through like, you know, no cars to cars and airplanes oh, and stuff. So she's, so it's like, will she be able to easily adjust? Like, well, like what's going to happen? Yeah. Like what's going to happen? Um, also, Jeff, you had a question for us. Um, oh, yes. We were getting, getting to that. The question is, and I'm going to bring up my notes because some people actually uh, went into that. If you could bring Mike into any other story, what would it be? Not a Mark story, any story, movie, <laughs> book, whatever. What would it be? Amber? You ready, for, you ready for this one? I'm ready for it. Jurassic Park. Oh, <laughs> nice. I like that. Yeah, especially if he could be with BT. Especially oh. if he could be with BT. Fucking Jurassic Park, bro. All day. <laughs> I was gonna, I was, I was gonna say Game of Thrones. Oh, that would have been cool. That'd like cool. in Game of Thrones. Okay, I, I read the books. I never saw the the, the TV. He show. could, he could raise all holy hell in Game of Thrones. Yeah, Probably. yeah, yep. All right. Yeah, so... I would. I did Jurassic Park just because I feel like I mean he's already dealt with zombies, you know, Jerians, uh, you know, Yetis. I'm like he can do dinosaurs. I'd like to yeah. see. <laughs> Mike Joe with dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, Kurt Lind in the uh, on the, the Chronicles of Michael Tubbett Facebook page, which everybody, if you're watching this, you should like and follow because we do little things like this. Um, he says he's been watching the Jack Ryan series lately, Ooh. and he thought that oh. Mike would be a great secret agent up in the Jack Ryan series. Uh, our Mondo says he'd like to see Mike and BT team up with Zed and Murphy from the Slow Burn series. Uh, never read the slow burn series. Oh, they're they're great too. Is you talked about that uh, when we did our interview, didn't you? Walt? Yeah, slow burn is a great. I could see those four just. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. But the thing is, though, the two guys in in uh, slow burn are they're exactly like Mike and BT. Are they? Yeah, the physicality, uh, personalities, and all that. They're they kind of fall in that same. But mm -hmm. those are if you guys like, obviously you do. Uh, I do recommend those. Those are those are great books. It's on my list. It's on my watch yeah. list of things. Yeah. And uh, Cabin of Terror podcast, uh, new member on the page. Thank you and welcome. Want to check out your podcast as well. Uh, Mike as a John Wick type. He owes money to the mafia. They take his prized possession, Henry, and Mike goes ballistic. Oh, you got to put Henry in there, huh? The whole <laughs> John Wick and the dog thing. Yeah, I get I it. I can see that. You know, could you imagine my dog? I oh my it. god, could you imagine if somebody killed Henry? Oh yeah, that no. definitely be that definitely be a John Wick series going on there. Yeah, oh. <laughs> definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, and I asked the man himself. I asked Mark, and he, no surprise on this. And I almost put the addendum to it. You can't say Star Wars because um, he said Star Wars or Harry Potter. So, mm. and i know mike mm. has gotten into the harry potter stories and uh you know is 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 just loves the whole fantasy world but yeah See, mike mark said uh star wars or harry potter but who would mike be in the harry potter world would he be a a good guy or would he be a villain but you know he'd be like a snape type of character where he's a double agent playing both sides well the the, the thing that pops in my mind about harry potter is it's g-rated the beginning and, and, that's the first couple were but well, not even even the later ones the, the humor and the the sarcasm and the innuendos and all that kind of stuff that come through these books harry potter would be i, I don't know that would be tough but i agree with you jeff i think he'd be this the double agent type thing 
yeah. think he'd be yeah. a good character yeah. like that. So I would agree uh, on a double agent. Yep. Um, the epilogue in this story, I thought was super cool. Because if you've uh, read Shrouded World, you understand what the epilogue is. And I figured it out when I was listening to it for the second time around, I went, oh, that's what all this is, which kind of ties into how Kalendar is in this story along with in a shrouded world as well, where the two kind of mix in together. Um, it's going to be exciting to find out what happens when they go back up to the real world, what is going to happen, how the demons are going to interact with the lichen, and you know, tune in next week to find out what happens because it's <laughs> it's going to be a wild ride. I, I I'm excited for it. Amber, you were going to say oh. something. Oh no! Uh, at the end of this book, don't they both have to technically die, Eliza and Mike, to get across? To, to cross through the barriers, they can't have their souls. Um, mm. I mean, there's a lot that we did discuss on this that. You know, if you haven't read this, of course, you should definitely go do it. But Mike has to bite Eliza and Eliza has to bite Mike. So Mike loses his soul again down in hell as a vampire. Mike's got his, you know, loses, like he said, like luggage. He loses his soul. <laughs> he finds it again. Loses his soul. He finds it again. Um, I thought that was a great part because I wanted Mike to just kill Eliza. Drain her because Mike ends up fighting Eliza first and he says you know it tasted the sweetest blood he's ever had and he felt bad because Eliza's still young she's still an 18 year old girl when Eliza was bitten so all of this is going through it that Eliza is still a child sort of it's like he's biting his daughter and you know he's alongside his a, a child that he has to do all this with but when he starts to bite her the vampire in him takes over and he doesn't want to let go and she ends up changing her appearance into Tracy to get Mike to stop. And Mike is like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I miss you. I love you. And then we find out that it was just Eliza being Eliza, pulling her tricks to get Mike to stop. She had to, you know, make herself look like the one person that Mike loves. Uh, and she ends up doing it. And then Eliza ends up biting Mike and Mike ends up losing his soul again. again. Yet again. So, and that's where we are. That was Demon uh -huh. Fallout in a nutshell. Uh, I love this book. I thought is I'm not a lichen werewolf type of guy. This makes me like the series even more. I think if this book wasn't in this series, I wouldn't like this series as much. Uh, I would love to see more of this with all the demons that are down there this type of storyline i wish there was more of a demon fallout than a lichen fallout that demon fallout was more of a, a a four or five part series than just a demon than uh than, than the lichen stuff than just just being a one-off in this series uh what were your guys thoughts on this walt we'll start with you uh i agree with that i really enjoy the book uh the second time i've gone through it because i wanted to freshen up on it and i didn't get completely through it the second time because i was i had the wrong book uh, that i was listening to <laughs> my bad no nah, that's all good but um i agree i think that the whole hell thing and going up and down through the dimensions is is amazing 
but I just don't know the longevity of it. And I've said that before in my mind about the zombie fallout. No, we're on 21, you know, we're on 21 thing, uh, mm-hmm. volume. So that would be really cool to see more of what's going on down there and how it connects everything. Cause there's so many different levels of the underworld before you get to actual hell, you find right, out right. that yeah. that's a whole you know thing in itself. You figure it out when you read it. Well, do you think that's in a way that's done on purpose so that it, it leaves it open-ended that some connections could be made down the road with even other series? Possibly. I would love for that to find out for there to be, you know, he's continuing devil's desk. I'd love him to write another, I mean, after the like and follow, you know, six, does he go back and revisit and do demon fallout Two, like, in you know, like in follow part 6.5 mm-hmm, sort of mm-hmm. thing. I think that would be great because there's so many unanswered questions about what goes on down below, you know, each layer, each level of the underworld has multiple levels within it. It's sort of a, you know, kind of like a Hellraiser type of, of of scenario where there's levels after levels after levels before you get down to hell. I would love to see Mike meet the devil. Well, that's you know, what I'm the saying. The actual that, devil, not just right. a demon. <laughs> right. And that's, and like Tommy made a comment about how do you put a name on something that's one of a kind, right? Right. And the only one. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. There's so many levels of each level of each level that it leaves it so wide open that down the road you can you can start to connect all that together and and it would make sense right mm-hmm. yeah and that's what i like about all his books that i listen to and all the series that i listen to with him mark is it's wild like wildly imaginative but it, you don't go oh, that ain't real no way you don't mm-hmm. say that with any of his stuff. You're like, oh shit, damn, right? Possibly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like when I when I started, you know, years ago when I started listening to the zombie books, you know, I was telling my wife about it. I'm like, it's amazing. These books are amazing, and you know, I ripped through them, and and she's like, what are they about? I go, man, there's vampires and zombies and sarcasm and <laughs> and shit talking and and humor, and she's like, yeah, it sounds like your type of book. And I go, but it all makes sense. Yeah, like. You put zombies and and werewolves and and uh, uh, vampires together, and it's like, okay, cool. Now we have a vampire. All right, mm-hmm. next. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. It doesn't. It's like, it doesn't seem like he's reaching all the time to keep the things going. It just they they just flow, and that's where I think he could use these books about hell is to connect everything. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just my theory on. Yeah. I like it. I love the book. I love the book. Yeah, despite what you think about the story or the the content of the story, Mike in his if I think if you put any other character in these stories it wouldn't work. Mike makes the story. You know, when Mark writes for Mike, it makes the story. It's it's the scenario of hell is evil. It's dark. It's 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 you know, it's it's not what it shouldn't be funny. You know, right. hell shouldn't be a funny place, or the after the underworld shouldn't be a funny place. Mike makes it funny. The way he's describing what's going on with Durgan and the whole thing with Linux, and then the whole scenario with Tim and just grabbing Tim's eyeballs and taking them with him and carrying them around in a sack like marbles is funny and it mm-hmm. makes it interesting and it makes you mm-hmm. 
it, you you love these characters and that's the whole thing is and if my notes are right at the end of all of this i would love to just make a whole list of all the different characters that mark has come up with in all of these series and kind of do like a uh you know what each character was and really tally up how many different characters there are because it's 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 insane how many that mike how many different beings mike has interacted with and how his interaction has been different with each one but they've all been the same because they're mike mm-hmm. the yeah. way mike handles everything dude we ain't even t- said nothing about indian hill god damn not yet that's a whole different yeah. podcast yeah. or podcast you know go back to the beginning we did we did all of indian hill series oh did you <laughs> oh that's yeah, what we did yeah, yeah those each, are those are great but i'm, each, I'm saying with, we do a different book yeah, but I'm saying though, what you the way you're describing Mike with each character or oh, yeah. each demon or each person, each thing that he battles and all that, you know. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, exactly. So Indian Hill came to mind. Amber, final thoughts on this one. <sighs> I loved it and I feel like I don't understand how Mike just isn't telling his deal. Put me in a coma so I can get up so I can rest up and continue on because there's just so much stuff. And you think like, how can there be any more stuff? that this man has to deal with. And then it's like, here are demons. And it's yep. like, oh, shit. Like, oh, here are archangels. Here are this. Here are that. It's like, oh, my God. It's like, it's so much. It's so, so much. And I'm glad he doesn't need as much rest as a normal human would need because it's just, it's it's so, like, I feel like it took a complete left turn. Like, yes, yes he had to go down to hell to help Tommy. But then the, the the amount of stuff that he packs into this book to continue on to the next book, it's just like, damn, like you really just added more to the main dish of the plate here. Like, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. It all fits together so great, too. Yeah, it was fantastic. I hope he'll, he'll continue with it, but who knows what goes on in his mind once he sits down, um, you know, down in the Star Wars Hall of Fame there, and he starts writing away, so... Yeah, we will only find out. So, uh, Amber, plug your Amazon thing again. Okay, just uh, go ahead and search Melody Leon and Amber Smith on Amazon, and go ahead and shoot us a follow. That'd be amazing. Is it on the actual Amazon.com website? Yep. Okay, yep. and you also do product reviews and you're doing book reviews as well. Pro- products and products and book reviews. So it's a whole bunch of products and a whole bunch of book reviews. All right. And Walt, oh, plug your cool. podcast. Uh, just plug in B-Raw Podcast anywhere. Uh, my website's the best way to get a hold of me, brawpodcast.com or Instagram, uh, B-Raw right. Podcast. But no matter where you, you're floating around the interweb, uh, just put in B-Raw Podcast. It'll pop up. What's the podcast about, Walt? I have people come on, and uh, I'm a huge guy to have conversations about everything and anything. Uh, my, I change it from Walt's Kitchen Table to Be Raw because I was missing out. People thought that Kitchen Table was clean, and I was missing out on some uh, pretty interesting stories. Like They think it was like a cooking show? Well, yeah, that too, and it was hard for me to market it, right, mm-hmm. is the way I wanted it. Understandable. Yeah, and um, so like be raw it's you know if you look up raw it's it's simple powerful and real and mm-hmm. that's what i was looking for and i like story a good comeback story but not all stories are are uh, where somebody gets fucked up and comes back from it 
Like mm-hmm. the one I'm about to post, this guy um, left an extremely high-paying, powerful job to play poker for a living. You know, and he talks about his journey and stuff. So, you know, I like hear people following their dreams and their passions and whatever makes your set, set your soul on fire. I want to hear about it. So I love that. That's great. So mm-hmm. it's a, just sitting down talking with people. Yeah, it's conversation. Yeah, it's conversation. And uh, uh, I post every week, one week, it'll be a full length episode, 60 to 90 minutes, have a guest on, sometimes two guests, but mostly just another guest. And then opposite weeks, I just do, uh, I call them B-Raw Bites. It's just me, this microphone, and whatever I feel like shit I want to talk about for 10 minutes. And uh, those are really popular. People like those. Because the, and that's anything on my mind. I go from talking about my vacation to, um, you know, motivation stuff, if that's what I feel like talking about. So mm-hmm. yeah. that's awesome. That's great. Love that. Yeah. So just like, like being creative, man, like everybody else. I like creativity. So, yep. And it's available on all podcasting Every, platforms. Uh, yep. Anywhere. Yep. I got it everywhere and anywhere. Perfect. And so, com. Yeah, that's my website. I put okay. blogs up and uh, you want a little sunshine in your inbox once a month, just hit up me on the newsletter. I, I throw out a real lighthearted newsletter once a month. So. That's great. Awesome. What, got, what got you into that? Do, doing all that, like wanting all, to do a podcast like that. I've always wanted to like be in like radio, I guess back in the day before podcasts were a thing, like nobody even fucking knew what they were. Like in high school, I had a chance to be a, a overnight DJ and a buddy of mine goes, go home, try to talk in a mic for 20 minutes. And I was like, all right. So I put a soda can up, you know, like a microphone and, I couldn't do it because I don't have the, I didn't have the back and forth. Of course, I didn't know that then, but I didn't have the back and forth like I do with you guys. Mm-hmm. Right. So then when podcasts came out, uh, I thought that was interesting. We like listening to them and stuff. And I've done an incredible amount of public speaking with my business back in the day when I owned a business. And uh, that was always about entrepreneurship. And then I did a story slam where you talk about, you, you got five minutes to talk. And I got up on stage and, it was amazing. And I was like, oh, it's amazing. And I woke up one in the middle of the night, literally sat up in my bed and went, oh, everybody's in the kitchen. And I started taking notes. And like three weeks later, Walt's Kitchen Table podcast was developed. Because I just, I think people are amazing. I think people are doing awesome stuff. And it's just not the rich, famous people. Fuck all them, dude. You know, I think that a true hero is a true is somebody goes to work every day and supplies for their family and their friends and does something that sets their soul on fire. You know, somebody picks up trash for a living, keeps the world clean. A hundred percent. You know, I've, you know, (laughs) Amber, it's funny that it's, it's coincidence that you're, you know, I'm talking to you with trash because I use that scenario the other day. I go, nobody looks, takes a second look at the trash guy, but (laughs) how, how would this society operate? without a trash person it'd be a mess yeah it would, literally it literally would. right but then you know people look down on the tr- trash guy people look up at a instagram influencer the fuck seriously yeah. why yeah. don't you give the trash guy a round of applause you know mm-hmm. yeah. you know that's so those are the people i like coming on you know and the guy that i'm about to post and then the a guy uh a couple weeks ago you know he 
his whole life is just studying Muay Thai and the history of it. And he writes blogs about it and he's, and he trains seven days a week and goes to camps and that's what he just loves doing. And he's incredibly passionate about it. And it's like, Oh my God, it's cool. You know, I, I enjoy having those conversations. And what I say is imagine if I just rolled up on you at the airport while you're waiting for your airplane and we just start having a conversation. That's, that's what my pot, my shows are about. Well, well I would love to be on your show one week if you're available. Whoop, whoop. Well, we'll okay. set this up when we're done recording. Let's, uh, let's set that up. Cause I want to know about beauty and the beast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big, I love conspiracy, man. You want to talk oh. about conspiracy, man. Let's get on I'm it. here for it, man. All day. <laughs> there you go. I, and I, I, will, had, I will say as someone that did trash for a while, I did composting is nobody notices when you show up, but they notice they when you don't. don't, if you yep. don't show up, you hear about it. You're oh my God. That's a, you yeah. know, the shit's everywhere. The shit piles up. It's like if you watch the uh the 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 Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie, it takes place kind of set in New York City when they had the trash strike and yeah. trash just piled up. And everybody hates being stuck behind a trash truck because it mm -hmm. messes up their day. But you know what? If you don't have that trash truck doing what they do, trash just piles up. Trash always gotta be taken. I guarantee out. you give it give it two to three weeks. Give it two to three weeks, people yeah. are going ape shit. Because everybody oh, yeah. gets their trash picked up once a week. Give it yep. two to three weeks. Yeah. It's, it's, it's well, well the thing is, we're all we're all truck drivers, right? Nobody mm -hmm. wants to get stuck behind a truck. Nope. <laughs> I've never gotten more dirtier looks than when I, you know, not cut out in front of somebody. When I merge legally in front of a car, you get that. <laughs> you know, and they're trying to pass you, and they pass oh, you, and yeah. they get up ahead, and. You know, you're, you're keeping your speed going up a hill, but they don't realize you can only go so fast with the amount of weight that you have in the back. Yep, they try yep. to pull up in front of you, and as they pull up in front of you, you're just getting up to that point where they can't pass you, and they're pissed, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, and I, I love when I they cut in front of you to get off the on-ramp. It's like, you could have waited and gone behind me. You don't have to cut in front of me. The, you know, the, That's a classic move, yeah. A truck <laughs> cannot, and let this be a lesson to everybody out there, a truck fully loaded, cannot stop as fast as a car nowhere, and this is why there. you see so many accidents on the highway of cars hitting trucks or trucks hitting cars because yep. they'll pull in front of a truck and give them this much space and hit their Plum brakes right yep. yeah we do have to stop but we can't stop that fast yeah and guess who's gonna no lose way. 10 out of 10 times when a car goes against a truck yeah. the car well so, yeah. two, oh, two days ago i was involved in hit well, they hit and run me. So I'm, I roll up to the stoplight. Mm -hmm. They hit the back end of my rig so hard that it knocked the drink out of my cup holder. Dang. They, they backed up, pulled out and went into the parking lot next to me. And I looked over, I'm like, I know you didn't, well, I know you didn't do nothing to my rig. Right. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. the front end is all wrecked and she's looking at it and she just gets yeah. in and drives away. And I was like, yeah. Okay. Well, you ain't doing. I, and I looked at the bumper and stuff on my rig, and nothing. We, the little reflectors broke, scratched off a little bit more. It's like yeah, the reflective tape like got the cars in the seventies. You know, they had the big, the big metal bumpers. Oh, when yeah. nowadays it's all plexiglass. Yeah. Cars gonna yeah. lose. Sorry, yeah, all yeah. day long. And, yeah. 
I'll tell you, I'll tell one quick story on why you should always let trucks get ahead. Like, don't cut in front of trucks. There was two truck drivers and a car cut, it was a truck in front and a truck behind. A car cut in between them two and they got into an accident. And both of the truck drivers were shot to the hospital. And the one guy was in a coma. A couple of days later, the truck driver that was in a coma wakes up and he starts screaming, like, where's the family? Where's the family? And they're like, what are you talking about? Where's the family? Like, there was, it was just you and the other truck driver. He was like, no. When they, the trucks were so mangled, when they, when they pulled them apart, they couldn't see a regular-sized car and four people in between the two cars. Oof. So it's a lesson to show you that, like, you can't, like, like no. these are huge machines. Yeah. That you are cutting in front of, and I can guarantee you, I'm way more protected in my truck than you are in your car. Oh, oh yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Like but no, I and here's a funny. I work for U-Haul, and somebody will rent a twenty foot truck that's got one hundred eighty thousand miles on it. That's a rental truck, right? And they'll come back to me, and they're like, "The steering's not tight, and the brakes don't work, and it's just not working right." And I'm like, "Okay." And I take it for a test drive. I'm like, thing works fine. As they drive away in their Beamer. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, this thing does not operate like your Beamer, baby. (laughs) So let's bring this full circle. What would Mike be like as a truck driver? Oh, that would be amazing. (laughs) Amazing. He'd have high blood pressure for sure. Oh, I picture Mike as, as, as like, you know, Kurt Russell, you know, Jack uh, Jack Burton in the Pork Chop Express type of truck driver yeah. from Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, you know yeah, for sure. <laughs> That'd be great. Absolutely, he'd have oh. high blood pressure. Oh yeah, you know who you know who would make another in these not in this in in the series other series, but you know who would make a fun truck driver to know. Oh God. I Did see you a lot see of her crabby s- old ladies as truck drivers smoke- nowadays. It's great. No, that's why I said it. That's why I said it. <laughs> Smoking her cigarette. You twit. Yep. yep, yep. <laughs> so, but Walt, awesome having you on, brother. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's thanks, man. I appreciate to meet, it. Yeah. To know you, get to talk to you. Amber, it's always a pleasure. Um, Absolutely. If you get a chance, everybody, if you are watching, if you're new to the show, thank you very much. Go and follow the Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast on um uh what's it called the facebooks and up on the instagrams uh, we are available on say that again the facebooks really the facebooks yes the facebook and the instagram uh, we're on all we're on all podcasting platforms now so like and subscribe give us a rating and review it helps other people find the show kind of how i found mark's book it popped up in my amazon thing like on my audible you like these stories, you might like this, you know, if you like other stories and now audible has uh podcasts, you know, it will pop up on your Spotify or your Apple, the higher ratings and reviews we get, the more the show gets out, the more the show gets out, the more attention comes to Mark as our favorite author. We want everybody to like and love these stories and everybody to know what zombie followed and who the hell this Michael Talbot guy exactly is. <laughs> How about yep. so, Guys, thank you all very much. We will see you next week. We are doing Like and Follow Book 5, Demon Wars. It is going to be epic. Thank you all very much. You guys have a good night. See ya. See ya, bub.